Welcome into our first episode of 2022 for Thimbleberry U. I am John Jag Gay with Amy Wallace from Thimbleberry Financial. Happy New Year, Amy. Happy New Year, Jag. As we've said many times in this podcast before, one of the reasons that I really enjoy working with you is the idea that in addition to finances and money and dollars and cents, you really get into the psychology of investing and the psychology behind what it is that we do, what kind of makes us tick. So today we're talking about the future self. How your relationship with your future self is going to affect your goal achievement. So tell me what you mean by the future self. I need an explainer here. (laughs) Okay. Well, the future self is what it sounds like. It's the view you have of yourself in the future. Um, So it's not something tricky. And why this matters is because studies show the more that a person is attached emotionally to their future self, as if it were their best friend, the more likely that person is to make good choices today on behalf of that friend, that future self. Okay, so it's almost like an accountability thing. I mean, obviously I'm thinking, because I'm talking to you, I'm thinking about this in terms of money. I'm thinking of spend all my money now versus save it so that future me can really uh, enjoy retirement or travel or whatever it is. Uh, so so on the financial piece of it, that makes a lot of sense, but just, it's, 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 like I said, it's holding yourself accountable. It is. It is. It's, it's, you know, even maybe more than, no, let me not say that that way. It is holding yourself accountable, but it's doing it from a place of understanding why it's important and, and not why it's important in terms of just, Hey, Jag, I can tell you it's important. You save for retirement. It's about knowing for yourself, your why. Mm-hmm. And that's really shaped by your life experiences. So this is an ideal world. We're always looking out for our future self. But let's be honest here. There are some things that can get in the way of your relationship with your future self. What are those? Yeah, um, it's a a great question because there are many things that can get in the way. Um, I'm going to say the first one is going to be one of those biases, biases that we've talked about previously. And specifically in this case, it's present bias. Okay. And you just touched on it. It's the idea that our comfort today is more important than our future well-being. Okay. And really, it makes sense. It's that disconnect, right? And one of the things I talk to new clients about when they're expressing dismay that they haven't saved more is, well, if you don't know the cost of that goal in the future, it doesn't have a price tag today. So why would you do anything different? Right. You don't have that uh, finite goal. It's just this abstract of, Oh, I should save money for retirement. Absolutely. But when we can apply a price tag to it, that can help change the action. Another thing that can get in the way is having an image of your future self for the wrong reasons. What do you mean by that? So earlier I touched on the why, right? The why of why you're doing something, why you want something for the future. The image you have of your future self is based on experience, those experiences have told you, have taught you lessons. Mm -hmm. Now, some lessons that we've learned actually come from other people rather than from ourselves. Fair. Right? And so I can tell my daughter she needs to brush her teeth. And I probably, (laughs) she wouldn't love it if I'm saying this. I'm not saying my daughter doesn't brush her teeth. She actually does. But I can tell her to do that. Does that actually mean something to her? Being 13, it might not. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we apply that on a bigger level, when you're little, you know, I I talk to my kids jokingly about them joining my practice someday. (laughs) 
My daughter has said, absolutely not. My son, he's definitely more of an engineer. (laughs) So it's not going to happen. But they could grow up because I make those comments believing it's the thing they need to do. Okay. That it's who they will be when in reality it doesn't resonate truly with them. It's not going to be their why. So they could see their future self as I'm going to be a financial advisor when there's nothing about that that's actually appealing to them as people. It's because they've heard it so much from me. If I'm understanding you correctly, Amy, how you shape your future self needs to come from internal motivation as opposed to external motivation. That's a much more straightforward way of saying it. (laughs) I spent a few years behind a microphone. What can I say? How do I change my view of my future self? Yeah, I think a big thing is we have to accept that we will change. And this is actually interesting. There's studies about this. And at least as Americans, we tend to believe that who we are today is who we will be in the future. Fair. But Jag, if you look back at who you were 10 years ago, were you different then than you are now? You know, it's funny. My wife and I joke, we met uh, in our early 30s, and we both know that if we had met in our early 20s, the people we were then, there wouldn't have been a second date. <laughs> but <laughs> but because you change, and we were different when we met 10 years ago versus where we are now, we've grown as people and then together as a couple as well. So yes, very different person than uh, than we were years ago, for sure. Yes, so... What you just acknowledged then is that who you will be in the future is not the same person as you are now. Wow. <laughs> that mind blown. You're absolutely right. Okay. So the first thing to changing your view is accepting that there is a difference. Okay. And then it's really digging into what's most important to you. And how that will affect, you know, your priorities. Again, that internal motivation going forward. Absolutely. So I feel like if I make a decision for present me and not future me, I feel like I'm going to beat myself up over it later on. How do I handle it if I make a choice that doesn't prioritize future self or a choice that my future self needs and I don't make that decision? Oh, this is so hard, right? So, and it's a really great question. So Jag, I'm going to turn the mirror around on you again. And let's say that your best friend comes to you and says, I totally goofed. I knew I needed to do this for the future and I didn't do it. What would you say to them? I'd probably say, you've already made the decision. You can't go back and change the decision. How do we make the best decision now with the point where we are now? Okay, great. So you listened. Mm -hmm. You've given them a little grace or empathy and hey, look, we do that. And then you're going to ask them how they avoid that in the future. Right. So do the same thing with yourself. I like that. Okay. Yeah. You're not always going to make the right decision, but accept that and say, hey, you know what? That wasn't the best decision. You know, uh, they can't all be winners as the saying goes. And Mm -hmm. let me say, all right, well, let me learn from that mistake and do better going forward. I like that a lot. And I think then that one of the things you can do is also say, What caused you, where in this decision-making did you go awry? Yeah, get to the how and the why, yeah. Yep, and then you can set yourself up for better success next time. I like that. So understand the process and how you got from A to B to C to D so that you can figure out where in that process you need to make an improvement. Yeah. And Jag, I should say, you know, we're recording this podcast about this. I am no way an expert in this. Okay. 
especially for myself. Yeah, I, I would wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with that. I think the main thing I've noticed is that, you know, we want to treat your future self the same way you do as your best friend. Love thyself. You see all those self-motivational things online or on memes or whatever they are about being kind to others, but don't forget to be kind to yourself as well and give yourself, like you said, uh, that grace, that empathy, that understanding. So being kind to yourself means being kind to your present self, but also to your future self. Yeah, absolutely. Amy, if I know you, you're going to have some hacks for me here about any tricks, any uh, strategies people can employ to improve that relationship with their future self. Yes, you are correct. I do have some of those hacks. So the first one is just envision. And I know that can sound a little hokey, but spend time with yourself. Okay. Think about the past events that changed your view that I've already touched on and ask yourself questions about how those events shaped you and what you want to incorporate from the lessons they taught you. Um, My father passed away when I was six years old. And... There are definite lessons in that. Um, What I really remember is that when I was really little, his favorite thing to do was to go fishing. Mm. And he took me out fishing all the time. Like those were such special memories. Yeah. And my mom loved to bake. And so there were lots of moments baking with her. And still, when she sends a package of homemade goodies to my family, my kids light up and I light up. It's magical. Yeah. So... You know, there are those things ingrained in us. And I can admit that I want to change it. I have to think about my future self myself and say, you know, those are the kinds of memories I want my kids to have. I want my grandkids to have in the future. And yet, do I do all the things to do that? I probably work a little too much. (laughs) I also enjoy that. Right. So it's sitting with what really sits with you and who you want to be. Okay. Another thing you can do. And tell, hold yourself accountable. You know, we, we know about the Harvard study that says if you write a goal down, you're much more likely to achieve it. Mm-hmm. Same thing can go here. Write yourself letters to open in the future. And there's even at least one website that you can go to to send yourself an email on a certain date. Ha! Huh. 21st century way to do this. I love it. Absolutely. You know, what a cool thing to get an email from yourself that you wrote five years prior talking about what you were going to achieve. And by having written that down, you're much more likely to have gotten there. I like that. In doing that, though, it looks like it's very important to be including the hows and the whys because you've got to make those real for you. That's fair. Okay. And what's super interesting also about this, um, this isn't so much of a hack, but I think it's important to know, is it appears that the further out you focus in your life, the more it changes your behavior today. It seems like the opposite would be true, that if I focus on what I want in a month, I'm more likely to make the changes now. But in reality, the studies are showing that the further out you focus, the more you will make a change today. So focus in the long term. And in this, give yourself deadlines. Yeah. You talked about accountability earlier, Jag, giving yourself deadlines for here's when I'm going to do these things. Mm -hmm. And then to your other point, you know, find your pitfalls. And use that experience to overcome them. So I struggle to get my workouts in. It's supposed to be the thing I do first thing in the morning, but the house is now cold because I can't sleep when the heat's on. I turn the heat off and then it's too cold and I don't want to get a workout in. And yeah, I'm justifying. And then, you know, family activities and other things get in the way. So a trick knowing myself, knowing my future self is going to talk myself out of getting my workout in. Yep. Right. Even if it's just my future self tomorrow. 
but it is important to my long-term future self, I can trick my tomorrow future self by sleeping in my workout clothes. Oh, that's cool. That's a great idea. I like that a lot. Then I just get up and, you know, throw shoes on and I'm, I'm ready to go. So you don't have the same issue that I do. I have uh, four-legged motivation in the morning. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just had a physical, got my cholesterol back. Not terrible, but a little bit higher than I'd like it to be. I'm like, I need more physical activity. So this morning up here in Michigan, it was about 20 degrees when I got up this morning. But little Jules was whining for her walk. She whined by the front door until I layered up and put on the winter coat. And I took her for a good three and a half miles this morning for a good hour or so. It's good for her, so she's not bouncing off the walls by the afternoon, but it's also good that I got a little bit of cardio in, and it was cold, but I was warm by the time I got back. She motivated me to get up and get going, so I I like that a lot. Yeah. For me, I actually, here in my home office now, because of COVID, I have a little secret addiction. Oh? Um, And it is a hydro rowing machine. Oh, so you can kind of between meetings? Well, I can't between meetings because I haven't learned how to row light. Um, I rowed in college. And so um, I, a five minute row, I'm going to still be like just drenched. Okay. So I have to do it first thing in the morning or at the end of the day. And it just makes my whole day go better when I do it in the beginning. Yeah, I definitely feel more productive and more uh, alert during the day if I exercise in the beginning of the day. I'd imagine some of these hacks um, using your experience can apply to financial as well, right? Absolutely. One simple example would be to have money sent to a separate bank account for a specific use. Okay. Right. Maybe it's your vacation account or we had a podcast where we talked about structuring savings to have it be like your paycheck was reduced. Yes. So you save more. Mm -hmm. Use some of those tricks. I have separate bank accounts for saving. And when I put extra money away, I have separate bank account for taxes I pay on my business quarterly. And at the end of the year, it's out of the account that I can spend money in. In a way, it is for my future self and not my present self, because that's money that I'm not looking at right now that I'm saving for later. I love that idea. Before we wrap up here, I got to imagine, is there a downside of focusing a little bit too much on a future self, maybe at the expense of present self? There definitely can be. So Earlier, we touched on having your vision of your future self be based on what's supposed to be versus then what's inside of you. Yeah. And I think that can be dangerous, right, for happiness long term and and actually taking the steps you need to when it's a supposed to versus a really want to. Yeah. Your motivation is very different. But I think also if you really get ingrained in this is who I'm supposed to be and you're not open minded it can create a situation where you're not open to other opportunities. Okay. And I think that can be dangerous. We've all had those moments where we're just, you know, for lack of a a better explanation, you know, beating our head against a wall, trying to make something happen. And you can just back up a little bit, pivot. And all of a sudden there's just this new path in front of you that everything flows differently. I think that with, this idea of future self, it does seem like a downside could really be that you push and push and push for when you've changed, right? Your idea of future self, even if it was based on the right reasons, could also need to change because you've had new experiences that said something else is now more important to you. You know, we talked about uh, overall financial review in our previous episode. Same is true for your personal, what motivates you and what's important to you. It's not set in stone. Things change. There are a million variables in all of our lives and they can change and they can change your motivation. They can change what's important to you. So 
It's important to take care of future self, but as we say in many aspects of financial futures, all things in moderation. You don't go too hard into one thing, right? Absolutely. Yes. Amy, good to get off to a good start with you here in 2022. If somebody wants to come talk to you at Doubleberry Financial about their financial future or even the psychology of investing, what are the best ways to find you? They can reach us online at thimbleberryfinancial.com or give us a shout at 503-610-6510. Great stuff as always, and we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Jack. Registered representative, securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisor representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Thimbleberry Financial are not affiliated.